I like the new tone that's being set by the Sunshine Buddies being champions of this show. Hi, buddy. How you doing today? Doing great, champ. How are you doing? Fantastic, champ. I'm very excited for this show. Great job on that coin flip, champ. Appreciate it, champ. I can't wait for you to take over, though. It's extra special because I picked it out, so he chose it just for me, and it was nice. You know, that's what buddies do. I was originally intending to get a full-size couch, but I got a love seat instead. All right, before I drown in the stacker in here. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to this week's One Fall Show. I am your host, Chuck Bean, for a show that is one part wrestling podcast discussion but also one part game show it's uh it's our hook it's what we do here and we hope you're having a fantastic holiday we're looking to uh get into wwe's tlc which as we record this is a couple hours away and this week i am joined as always well as typically by uh miss erica bennis the person who uh helps make it happen here erica how are you this week pretty well not as uh not as uh spirited as our contestants this week, but we will get to that shortly. But uh, now it's it's been a weird week of wrestling and life, but uh, I'm glad to be here with you guys as always. It's just nice. It's nice to see you guys. I can uh, absolutely agree with the fact that it's been a weird week in wrestling as well as in life. But as we record, we are heading into the holiday season. So let me turn it over to one half of the Sunshine Buddies with his reindeer antlers on the returning Mr. Justin Valentine. It's Christmas. It's, it's almost Christmas. Almost. It's Christmas week, at least. So, yes, we got to be in the holiday spirit. So, I mean, I just told you guys over the la- within the last 24 hours, a week and a half worth of wrestling catching up. I don't know if that's good or bad yet. We'll see. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what your uh, your crash course in This Week in Wrestling will net you as far as this week's show. Also joining us this week is uh, the other half of the Sunshine Buddies wearing a very festive Daniel Bryan Christmas hat that is uh, the owner of Nate's Points, his his erstwhile points, Mr. Shawnee Constant. That's right, sir. Yes, yes, yes. The $17 man is here. I tried to watch some uh, WWE before the show today, and uh, turns out my DVR didn't pick up this week's SmackDown, so I inadvertently watched most of last week's SmackDown. That was great fun. <laughs> and uh, typically we would be joined by Nate Bender, but I, I am under the impression he is not here today because it is his birthday and not because he is salty that he lost last week's game. I will let you at home decide which of those is actually true. All right, let's get Collusion. into the game this week. <laughs> let's get into the game this week. We've got three rounds, each pertaining with uh, three questions worth one, two, and three points apiece. And then we'll have a final fall as uh, the two of you guys just uh, kind of answering questions, talking about the week that was. No titles on the line this week, just some sunshine buddy goodness. Justin, seeing as you weren't here last week, we'll let you start and pick which category we want to start with. And those categories include the Wednesday Night War of AEW and NXT, the Thunderground Underdome of Raw and SmackDown, and the news and notes around the ring from everywhere else in the wrestling world. I want a uh, a holiday version of Smacked Raw, Chuck. You want a uh, a Jingle Bell Smacked Raw. All right, well, let's see what we can do for you here. Starting with our first question, uh, during Friday Night Smackdown, which was not in its typical place, I believe it was on Fox Sports, after uh, fudging some of the cue cards, Biggie was named Superstar of the Year at which award show? The Sammies. That's right. 
the most illustrious award show of all time, at least in 2020, the Sammys. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on uh, Biggie and Sami Zayn? I'm kind of really enjoying it, despite uh, you know not being a big fan of what's going on in WWE these days. I'm enjoying it because who's involved and Sammy and Biggie can both, you know, put on a good story. Uh, they could, whether it's backstage segments or matches, the way they're writing it in, uh, when stuff's happening and such, that's a little awkward at least and how it's happening, but at least what they're being asked to do and told to do, they're doing it well. I don't love it. You know, it's, you know, a lot of things in WWE, like the best you're going to get out of me is I don't hate it. For most part, sure. for the most part, and this is one of those things. I'm enjoying it. Um, they're clearly working on a slow rebrand for Big E into the singles wrestler that they think that he can be. You know, for the next decade, as uh, as Paul Heyman said on on Talking Smack last week. Um, and I think that this is a good pairing to do it with. You know, Sammy has he's been consistent with his character since he returned. And uh, but he hasn't had a lot to do. So even if his entire legacy of his um, intercontinental reign is essentially to put Biggie over, there are a lot worse things that you could be doing with your time in WWE right now. And and I have a suspicion that that Sammy and Biggie and the New Day um, appreciate one another, uh, perhaps more than other people appreciate Sami Zayn. <laughs> Uh, he's an interesting character backstage and has talked Uh about it, uh, rather frequently on podcasts and things. But of course, as everyone uh, who listens to this show knows, I'm a huge Sammy Zane Mark fight forever. Sammy. Yeah. I think, uh, the, the, the longstanding tradition of this show back when it was just me and Sean, uh, now moving into our, our full group is that almost all of us are huge Sammy Zane fans. And uh, there's something about Sammy's current run that feels very old school, very almost Bobby Heenan ish about uh, the way he's his his heel run this this time around and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. All right, for our second question, Justin, for two points, uh tonight as we record this is WWE TLC Tables, Ladders and Chairs. The Fiend and Randy Orton have a new gimmick stipulation for tonight's match. What is their match called? Uh, a Firefly Inferno match? That's what I've got here, a Firefly Inferno match. What do you guys think? I mean, We've talked for the last couple of weeks about how uh, the WWE is, and now we're at a pay-per-view, and that's the only thing I'm remotely interested in. What about you guys? So I think uh, I think you could just have an Inferno match. I hope they're not trying to do too much. Like I'm down to yeah. throw an Inferno match in there just to spice it up, but what is a Firefly Inferno match? For the most part, everything Bray Wyatt and The Fiend related has been great. I just, I, I, you know... Sometimes you don't want to, you know, just because something's good, you don't want to do it too much. And I hope they're not pressing their with the fiend here because don't ruin this character. Please don't ruin this character. Please don't ruin this storyline. <laughs> so my worry is, is it's just going to be too much. It's going to be stupid. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that every time they've tried to gimmick up any match between Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt specifically, it's been the shits. Yeah, I haven't been a fan of any of them. I was going to say the the thing I like about what the fiend does, and I've I've had to I've had to adjust my expectations to get to this perspective uh, because of what you just said, Chuck. It's always experimental. Now I do find that oftentimes it's not good. Uh, the projected uh, 
images on the mat uh, didn't really work with Bray Wyatt back in the day. I didn't enjoy the House of Horrors match. I thought it was silly. I think they have uh, gone on to learn how to do better cinematic matches since then. So I'm, I'm not too concerned with that aspect of it. The red lights early in The Fiend's uh, career that didn't go away uh, just put an ugly wash over things and, and to me made it uncomfortable to watch rather than adding to the atmosphere. So I'm interested to see what they do tonight. I don't know that I'm going to love what they do, but that doesn't make it's not going to make me like this rivalry any less tomorrow. And at least I can say that. And that's one of the positive things about being like at an all time low on the brand, right? Is that, uh, you know, we could. We could all try to be Nate and look for the things that make us furious day after day. Sure. But the bottom line is, is like I'm I'm now coming. Happy to birthday, a, Nate! Happy birthday, Nate! Uh, I'm at peace with the fact that this is bad right now. We know it. it. Like, there's no reason to to keep getting angry about it every week. So let's look for the things that do work. Um, I think I'm going to enjoy the pay per view overall because I haven't really been watching the product. And at their best, they still put on WWE puts on a great show, and they have a lot of workers who can put on great matches. And at least they get the opportunity to do that typically in a pay per view. So, uh, despite being again at a pretty much an all time low in my interest in WWE right now, uh, I the pay per view I'm almost sure will over deliver from that low expectation. You know, I'm not saying that I, at the end of the night I'm going to say that was a ten, but if they give me a solid seven to end the year, I'll be very pleased with that. And uh, you know, th- there are worse ways to spend your time. I think the overall. I mean, look. WWE at times recently with the writing has been eh, but I think the card for tonight is actually pretty solid. You know, if you just look at the matches, you look at Drew and AJ, that's a good match. Uh, Roman and KO, that's a good match. And then you got the Fiend and Orton, which is good. I don't hate Carmella and Sasha, you know what I mean? So it's like, overall, it's a pretty solid card for the shitty writing and the shitty spot that WWE has been in as of late. I'm always excited when KO's involved and he's involved in a huge storyline. Uh, I was actually, uh, that was the one thing I got out of watching last week's SmackDown. I was looking forward to this week's cause I understand that KO had a, a big final moments as uh, they whooped the crap out of him. I'm going to have to find that online. I didn't realize they had moved over to Fox sports, but uh, I did enjoy watching that segment, but I, I was I was watching it and thinking, is this going to be great or is this going to be Goldberg again? If I have to sit and watch Sweet Baby KO just get wrecked when he is a guy who has all the talent to legitimately headline awesome professional wrestling matches at pay-per-views anywhere in the world, uh, that would infuriate me. That That's the one way that they can ruin my <laughs> night is by saying, well, we can... We don't have to worry about the 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 main event being huge because all we have to use it for is to get Roman Reigns over. You know, I'm I'm a little bit worried about that. Erica, did you have something you wanted to add in there? It's a hell of a strategy, you know, going with the lowest expectations, provide a shitty weekly product, and maybe potentially save it with a decent pay per view. What a what a Fortune 500 company this is. What a publicly traded brilliant company this is. I, I'm it record profits. I mean, it's obvious why. Welcome to Carney Capitalism America, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, let's give Justin one more chance to get three points in the uh, smacked raw category. And we're talking about how uh, how unfortunate that raw and SmackDown have been. Raw had quite the week this week and received a uh, very unfortunate distinction as far as their ratings. What was it? I don't know if I heard this because, like I mentioned, a week and a half of wrestling within the last 24 hours, so there wasn't a lot of research behind it online. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to throw out there their, I don't know, the worst... uh, the lowest rated show in its history. You are, you are exceptionally, exceptionally close. You know what? I'm going to give Shawnee an opportunity to answer. Um, just, uh, it, just it, like if Shawnee can't come any closer to the bullseye than you can, you get three points, but I give him an opportunity. I don't think I can, but to be fair, the questions asked kind of oddly, uh, there were a number of distinctions. I know that they, uh, they lost to AEW in the key, uh, demographic, that was a distinction, uh, but no, I don't know which one you're looking for. Um, they had the lowest ratings in the, in the history of their show, and USA is pissed and demanding that they bring back the Attitude Era in 2021. That is the hubbub going on. <laughs> they don't want the sex; they want the violence. <laughs> <laughs> so, a couple of weeks ago, I said that I, I I believe that we're about to see some radical changes, uh, but the fact that Vince McMahon is still running them all means that it's going to suck. And they've ruined these characters so much that I don't care. Any, you know, I don't, I don't care what they do with them. Uh, it's going to be just, it's going to be a spectacle. It's going to be some trash. And I'm actually looking forward to that. That's exciting to me. But I don't know what the fucking answer is to this, Chuck. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> uh, the answer is that it drew an all-time low rating of 1.526 million viewers and a 0.41 rating in their key 18 to 49 demographic. So I think uh, I think you guys are both pretty much on the money. And seeing as it's Christmas, I think we should give you uh, at least split the points. What do you think, Erica? You know, I was just going to say that, you know, you took you're reading my mind. I think, uh, yeah, they were close enough. It was a, admittedly I'll 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 take uh, the fall for that one. It was a weirdly worded question. But, yeah, they were close enough. And, uh, yeah, what a week. What a week. <laughs> And we know that Justin gets very upset if a question hey. isn't directly from the show, so hey, we hey, can't hey, be too harsh hey, on time out. that. That's not generically true. It just depends on the question. <laughs> I w- <laughs> that's 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 evergreen. That's like a common. That's a theme. That's canon for this uh, show, baby. Oh yeah, there was a there was a debate that ensued in an episode I had to edit that absolutely punctuated the fact that uh, you officially hate when. Anything is asked that is not related to the show. Well, this was technically related to the show. Learn to live with it. Um, okay, whatever. <laughs> I do want to say about the low ratings and, and everything that I'm. A, it's sad to say at this point in my WWE fandom, I'm just hoping in USA getting pissed off will get the superstars pissed off, and it basically turns into everybody against Vince, and it forces Vince out at this point because that's really their only hope of things turning around sad to say at this point of it all but that's what i'm kind of optimistic for of you know everybody proving to vince that you know knocking some sense at him you don't get anymore you're out of touch you've lost it you're old now you don't get what works now yeah that's the only way that's going to happen is with the shareholders and 
We have seen some of that. That's the one thing that's fun about the, the publicly traded nature is that Vince McMahon insists, he's insisted so long at carnying these shareholders that there was a moment in the last meeting where someone was like, uh, yeah, okay, sir, thank you for all those words you just said, but um, why don't you uh, tell us the truth? Uh, and then they got sued and lost to the, uh, the, the, the right. municipal shareholders in Warren. Uh, the shareholders understand now. Um, and Wall Street is a lot like professional wrestling. There's a kayfabe, and if you buy into the kayfabe, you ride the waves until the kayfabe uh, bubble is burst, so to speak, and then all of the money disappears. And uh, so the people who are investing in the market, not playing the kayfabe of the market, are now on to Vince. And it's fascinating. And they're the only ones that could get them out and because they can do it through legal measures. Uh, they, can, um, they can basically expose malfeasance. <laughs> uh, which I can't imagine takes place in the hallowed halls of Titan Tower. Uh, so I'm sure that would go nowhere. But uh, I, I have a feeling that a demanded auditing is the only thing that's going to get us good uh, professional wrestling out of that sports entertainment operation. You'd have to wonder, too, if USA is looking at like their Wednesday night NXT ratings and then their Monday night US, you know, Monday night Raw ratings and going like, wait a second here. Like, why is this one here? And then this one way down here. What do you, why can't you do on Mondays what you're doing on Wednesdays? All right. Well, at the end of our first round, Erica, where do the points stand? All right. Well, we have a first uh, in one fall show history. We have half points at play now. We got Justin in the lead with four and a half points, Shawnee with one and a half points. Shawnee will lead off uh, round two. And yeah, I think this half point business could get into some interesting, interesting territory. I'm excited. Way to make history, buddy. Well, as a wise man once said, the numbers don't lie. So let's go into our second round. Shawnee, <laughs> Shawnee you've, got, uh, you've got control of the board. You want to talk about the Wednesday Night War of AEW and NXT or the news and notes around the ring? Mm, let's, uh, let's do the Wednesday Night War. Sounds good. There was plenty to talk about on Wednesday night here. Uh, let's start with NXT. As of uh, this week's NXT, who is the new number one contender for Finn Balor's NXT championship? Hmm. I did not watch, but I saw some photos. If I had more than five seconds, I could probably figure this out. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad that can't happen. <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh at that, buddy. <laughs> 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 and now you know what i don't think i'm gonna no oh is it wait is it uh is it uh carrion cross oh it is not carrion cross unfortunately let's uh send it over to justin justin who is the number one contender for the nxt championship after this week's uh nxt uh kyle o'reilly that's correct kyle o'reilly interesting yeah, we'll face off against uh, Finn Balor in just a couple of weeks at, uh, I believe they're calling it New Year's Evil, hosted by uh, Dexter Loomis. Um, these guys put on a hell of a match the last time we had him in the ring. Such a match that it put both of them on the shelf for at least a month. Uh, I'm a little scared to see what a return match between these two is going to be like, but it's also going to be very entertaining. What do you guys think? that's what makes me kind of iffy about it. Cause I know it's going to be great, but I mean, these are two guys you don't want to lose again. 
Um, I think storyline wise, it would have make would have made sense to have Pete Dunn uh, challenge him. Not saying Pete Dunn would have became champion, but I think that would have been a fun match. I think it would have made sense uh, coming off of War Games and everything. He looked good with Pat McAfee's team, uh, so I would have been okay with that and kind of preferred that going into that match. But I mean, if they're gonna put a, put on a good match, I just hope we don't lose them again. I think it's a great pairing. Uh, I think that. I might go into a new strategy in the new year and uh, DVR all my stuff and watch all the WWE product on Sunday morning, but only watch the rivalries I'm interested in. Um, it's not ideal because I do love the element of uh, of a live event, but you know that's all been so uh, shifted this year, and that's one thing we can at least say isn't WWE's fault. Um, but I I, uh, t- I agree that. Well, just looking at those top three, if we if we just look at uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Dunn and Finn Balor, that that is a great trio right there that can put on some professional wrestling bangers. And uh, you know, if broken jaw here or there, eh, you know, if it if it if it's at the expense of great wrestling matches, I think it's in the tradition of the game. All right. Well, uh, speaking of the game, let's move on to our second round. Justin stealing control of this one fairly quickly as we move on to AEW Dynamite came to a close this week on the show with the booking of what championship match for Kenny Omega? Who is his new opponent uh, in a couple of weeks here? Oh, uh, Ray Phoenix. Yes. Mr. Uh, Ray Phoenix. Uh, What do you guys think of this particular pairing? I like the idea that with Kenny Omega, we can see a couple of matches that we wouldn't have thought would be championship tier matches. Guys like Ray Phoenix, that'll be up against, uh, you know, the champ. Yeah. I mean, Kenny Omega does a good job of making anybody look good. Uh, and that's not saying Ray Phoenix doesn't already look good, but, uh, I think this is a, a fun pairing. You have him with Pac and his rivalry with Kingston that match hasn't even happened yet. Now you have Pac coming out and cutting a promo on a Kenny Omega who's bouncing around between AEW and Impact. There's kind of a lot going on these last couple of weeks since they, you know, included impact the impact angle with Omega. Um, so I'm just kind of sitting back and waiting to see where not necessarily in a bad way, but uh, you know, I'm just trying to see where everyone's gonna kind of land when it comes to storylines, title pictures, this impact inclusion, and so on and so forth. I, there's no secret that I am, love the stuff that Kenny Omega is doing right now. Uh, I thought that this week's AEW was fascinating because last week I said, what do you do? We have so much going on and we're at such a critical mass. How do you decompress? Do you book a bad show? And in the weird – to say they booked a bad show would be dis- would be – framing it wrong and it would be disrespectful but what they did was they booked a bunch of people that no one knows and so it was a show that absolutely decompressed everything and then we also got a fairly short match out of kenny uh he did great kenny stuff but in terms of if you were if you were waiting for the next big unlock to happen you would be disappointed um for me uh it was a welcome relief to be able to sit back and watch a bunch of folks where it's just like, I don't have to like be micromanaging every moment, every second sure. of, the, of the thing. Um, and again, I will say now, uh, you can make me eat my words uh, in the future if need be. 
I love everything Don Callis and Kenny are doing. And if they string me along three times as much as Vince McMahon does, I'm still going to believe that the payoff is going to be great. Uh, I am all in on this storyline because there's, I, I don't, I honestly cannot conceive of a situation that could get me more excited. Like this is like the last, whatever it's been six years I've been watching wrestling seems like it was made for this moment. Uh, you know, when Don Callis is given his uh, long explanations about how he's known Kenny since Kenny was 10. And this is, you know, those are the same things that he was saying on Jericho's podcast five years ago when he came back into the business. Sure. So it really is a blast to see him smarten up the people who weren't following along all the way. It, it's so rewarding right now. And uh, and I did take, I, I have Mondays off normally, Erica. I took Tuesday off for Wrestle Kingdom. So there you go. Maybe we'll have to have a little live chat going on at four in the morning when we're watching, uh, when we're watching the bullet club uh, face off against Los Ingobernables de Japón or whatever is going on. <laughs> I will say though, like you'd be surprised how active Twitter is uh, during wrestle kingdom. You wouldn't think there'd be like a ton of people, but like, obviously I, I I'm it's, I think it's safe to presume that a lot of us follow a lot of wrestling bloggers, wrestling fans and, and, and other accounts and uh, like live tweeting Wrestle Kingdom is a damn hoot. So uh, it, it's pretty exciting. Wrestle Twitter is a lot of fun. Actually, it's what makes uh, watching the shows uh, rewarding. I, I haven't gotten a lot we, because of algorithms and, and familiarity. Uh, we don't get a lot of engagement, but there's a few like, you know, four or five people that I just consistently comment on whatever they're saying, reshare their stuff and just uh, be active with it. Um, but uh, I think we maybe maybe I have, I put up on Twitter that logo. That's uh, the old uh, English writing with, um, with farmer burns on it. It's pretty ghastly. <laughs> I should probably, ch- I, we need a new logo with something bright. Um, uh, I haven't, figured out what that is quite yet but we uh, the fi- the fish belt is is deeply antiquated that thing's got to go yeah, yeah i need it. something a little a little friendlier a little friendlier a little a little less neck beardy <laughs> i was going to say something and i forgot what it was so you know what we're just going to move on we're going to keep going with our uh, wednesday night war justin your opportunity at uh, three points here as we move back to nxt which nxt superstar was written off tv so they could have anthroscopic knee surgery Oh, uh, Cameron Grimes. Uh, no, I'm afraid I'm going to have to go for, uh, the, that's very close, but I'm going to, Shawnee, uh, your opportunity to steal this question, which, uh, NXT superstars have an anthroscopic knee surgery and had to be written off TV. I'm so confused. Cameron Grimes is close, but not the answer. Cameron Grimes hat. No, no, that's, that's not it. No, I'm sorry. The correct answer I've got written here is Cameron Grimes to the moon. What? No, it's Cameron Grimes. You totally <laughs> yeah. No, 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 yeah. no. We're not yeah, doing this. We're not it doing this. <laughs> it was a joke. Jesus H, everybody. It was a joke. Bullshit. Justin- this is bullshit. Collusion. <laughs> Collusion. <laughs> the ghost of Nate, Nate Pender has returned to the show. Look, look, there are two different people we're talking about here. We're talking about either Cameron Grimes or Cameron Grimes. It's one or the other. It's, it's you, you gotta you gotta understand. Not a fan of Cameron Grimes, Chuck. <laughs> what do you got, buddy? 
Oh, Justin, I, I, I saw your mouth moving, but I didn't get to hear any of that. What was that? I said, I love that Shawnee went to Cameron Grimes' hat. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was the next one. Cameron Grimes' hat is having knee surgery. Because No, you know what? Uh, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Cameron Grimes, but I do enjoy the amount of absolute joy he brings to being Cameron Grimes. And I think there's something to be said about that for sure. He's absolutely a character turned up to 11 and that's a grand tradition in wrestling. And so I do appreciate that. He's just not over with me yet. First of all, the guy is insanely athletic for a guy, his size. He's great in the ring, but he's got a a gimmick that is meant for, uh, it's, it's a joke. It's not to be taken seriously. It's not to be in a title picture or main event storyline. That's the problem. As funny as it is, to me, he's too talented to have a gimmick like that. You don't get to the heavyweight title with a gimmick like Cameron Grimes. Not in WWE, but in the rest of the wrestling world, you can. And that's the thing, right? Like Vince McMahon will not be alive forever, despite what Vince McMahon may think. You know, it's a, the kind of character that you'd bring your friends over to watch WrestleMania. Chuck, this might be you and I sure. 10 years ago, me coming to, to your house and, and saying, what the fuck is this thing? What yeah. is this guy? He's so annoying. And everyone goes, I know, isn't it great? And you know, that's that great, the, the great, like the swap, the mark, the fan being a smart mark through uh, experience. That's part of the grand tradition of wrestling that, you know, when we talk about marks and smart marks, it's all this like internet battle. Uh, but there, there was a time when wrestling fans could say, yeah, no, we know it's stupid, but if you buy in, that's what makes it so much fun. Sure. And the Cameron Grimes crew provides that kind of character, right? Like if somehow, some way Baron Corbin was able to get you over to, to buy in, it would be that kind of character. Um, but Vince McMahon puts weird limiters on his characters because he has a hierarchy that he wants to maintain, you know, which I think that Miro did a great job of exposing when he, he came out with his, you know, fuck the brass ring sure. entrance to AEW. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great point. All right. At the end of two rounds, uh, Erica, where do the points stand? Well, after that Cam and Grimes question, uh, I decided, well, obviously, Justin got it correct, so he was awarded the full three points. However, I was so moved by Shawnee saying Cameron Grimes' hat was written off television. Uh, I awarded him th- one and a half points, so that brings us to Justin with ten and a half points, Shawnee with three, heading into round three. Let's go. All right. Sounds good. Uh, our third and final round will be the news and notes from around the ring. Sean, with your uh, three points, we'll give you a first crack at uh, this particular category. Starting off, I like crack, Chuck. <laughs> crack <laughs> is whack, you know. <laughs> Starting off with Impact Wrestling, <laughs> Kenny Omega's first Impact match has been booked. He's going to be taking part in a six-man tag match, teaming up with the Good Brothers. Who are they facing? He's facing the Motor City Machine Guns and uh, what was it, uh, the Wealthy Duck, Rich Swan? <laughs> wealthy right. Duck, Rich Swan. Yes, that is uh, absolutely correct. Uh, how psyched are you, motherfuckers, to see Kenny and the Good Brothers back together? Too sweet, baby. Too sweet. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait. I'm. I'm. I love it. I love it. 
I will uh, I will be following Kenny Omega into any venue that he uh, lures me. That's my policy going into 2021. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- th- you said it earlier. Everything Omega's doing is fantastic right now, and I'm crazy looking forward to that. It has me watching Impact. Like, what the hell is that? Um, it has me looking forward to an Impact pay-per-view. Are you serious right now? Uh, there's a lot going on, definitely. And it's like I said, it's a little all over the place, but not necessarily in a bad way. There's a lot going on. So this is one of the bright spots of everything right now. Um, I just want to see where, again, I'm just really intrigued, not worried, but intrigued. Where the hell is this going? Right. What, where is, where's the landing spot? What is the end plan, game plan? Wrestle Kingdom. It is really difficult to temper expectations. Like you, even after the first week, you're like, oh my God, if Impact and AEW are playing along, then I want to see Abaddon and Rosemary and I want to see this and I want to see that. And it's really hard to temper the expectations of right. trying not to get my heart set on the entire bullet club showing up at wrestle kingdom between AEW and impact and ring of honor and everybody just like having all of them in one spot would just be the most amazing thing to happen in wrestling in the last, I don't know, 18 goddamn months. You know what I've noticed? Nobody is doing, uh, since this, nobody is saying where Tommy dreamer and his goofy little top, not going. That is like, to me, the most mind blowing thing about watching impact is what, what the fuck is Tommy dreamer doing? <laughs> I mean, collecting a check apparently, but good God. Yeah. I mean, I guess good for him. I mean, you know, he's still collecting a, a check, <laughs> whatever, whatever he's doing, but yeah, I mean, and that, that's wondering, is this turning into a whole impact roster combining with an AEW roster thing, or is it going to be a Kenny Omega thing? bouncing back and forth like that's where it's a little again where what is the end game here what is the game plan honestly hopefully nobody knows hopefully they're just feeling it out figuring it out as they do it you know like experimentation leads to great outcomes it's the exact opposite of 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 wwe right wwe is a calcified formula that uh, basically vince mcmahon created and uh perfected at the height of the attitude era when ratings were at their highest but now because the metric is the is wall street all innovation is gone so i like that they're doing the the, the indie world's doing the exact opposite right they're letting the individual creators do their little pages i love danhausen so much because he's telling his own weird little story and right. they're allowed to do that we're seeing now we don't know if there's an end game we don't know if impact and like is there a moment where we all get to take a sigh of relief and say we just saw the home run that you know to won the world series game over wrestling doesn't provide that it just goes and goes and goes so i hope that their their attitude is well we're going to sign this contract and we'll see what the numbers say we'll see what the world says we'll see what the fans say and then figure out the next step along the way and i think that that's the uh, the way to to fight covid right we got a bar down the street for me that has these little geodesic domes outside apparently for people to have their dinner and drink it's like they're not the ones that are going to be gone and say well if the governor shut me down it's the governor's fault you know they're experimenting they're innovating and uh the indies are doing that right now and it's very exciting uh, before moving on, it, it just a kind of quick note. Uh, anybody who's a primarily WWE fan 
Dan, uh, which is which is Justin, um, and anybody kind of listening to us who follows mostly WWE and kind of dabbles with everything else, I feel like everything is playing out as kind of like a textbook New Japan booking. They are firmly a slow burn. You don't know what the hell is going on. You have to watch and just sit your ass down and be patient. We're not used to that kind of booking you know, in North America. That's just not how things go. I have all the confidence in the world that Don Callis, Tony Khan, whomever else is involved in this, they know what this potentially could be. And they know if they were to blow it, um, people would never let them hear the end of it. So I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to follow and I'm going to trust them because they know what's at stake. Yeah. Kenny Omega still hasn't officially gotten over in North America. That's my belief. Uh, not like he was in Japan. And that's a great call, Erica. If this is a whiff, he might as well at that point go back and be the king of the Japanese Gaijin. Because that, like in terms of a life of, of thrilling excitement and riding the wave at the top, that would be it. Like his climb would be almost impossible. I think you're right. I, I, honestly, at this age, I think it would it would be... It would be catastrophic for this to, to lead to some great big dud. And that's another reason I don't think that there's a there's a, a, a star at the top of the Christmas tree that this is all reaching for. Um, I think that the long-term plan is to put on great segments for as long as we can and to lift everybody up who comes in contact with it. And so far it's working, but it's very early. And you're right. We're not used to that. We're used to slow burns, but the WWE telegraphs it on day one, right? Like we day one, we see two guys get together and we're like, all right, we're going to be watching this for the next two months. Where, whereas there's at least some subterfuge in, in how uh, new Japan does it. All right. Well, that's our first question in news and notes and around the ring. Let's continue. Shawnee, you've got an opportunity for two points here as we move to New Japan. Lots of new matches confirmed for Wrestle Kingdom 15, including a grudge match between which two former tag team partners and stablemates? Oh, is this, um, uh, shoot. I don't think I'm going to get this answer unless it's Sonata and Evil. It, in fact, is Sonata and Evil. All right. <laughs> um, you guys are much more into the New Japan stuff than I am. Are you uh, Are you psyched to see Evil versus Sonata? And what are your thoughts on the Wrestle Kingdom card as it's shaping up? Honestly, I'm so out of what New Japan is doing anymore. I'm ignoring it all. I'm just looking forward. I know I'm going to have a great time watching Wrestle Kingdom. And whether or not I allow that to get more new Japan into my, into my life throughout 2021 is, is hard to predict right now, but I'm, uh, I'm not even trying to catch up. I thought I was going to, I didn't, but now I've got, uh, this, I mean, like it's in, it's firmly in my schedule. Wrestle kingdoms there. That's what I'm excited to see. Uh, I, I don't know enough of Sonata and Evil's story to really, you know, to, to, if the fight forever vibe is there, it would be disingenuous for me to say that I'm a part of that. As far as Evil and Sonata goes, I mean, it's it comes down to this. You know, Evil left, turned on uh, LIJ, joined Bullet Club, and just kind of, you know, turned on, his, turned on his brothers. So having those two who were, like, the primary heavyweight tag team of that stable go against each other, I mean, it's, it's uh, I mean, it's, it's not too 
complicated of a, of a rivalry. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a match because we've never really seen them to the two of them uh, face off in something with high stakes. Knowing it's Wrestle Kingdom, obviously they're you know everyone kind of steps up their game. Similar to uh, WrestleMania, it's the biggest show of the year, so it's like you don't want to just totally blow it because then people will be like, "Oh my god, what you know sure. they'll you know they'll just be incredibly disappointed." But the card itself, I'm it's it's just it's just gonna be two two nights of amazing wrestling. You're gonna have Okada and Osprey as you know kind of a, a grudge match as well. Um, nothing you know, there's no title at stake you know, for that, but like, that's going to be amazing. Uh, it's just, it's, ah, oh, it'd be great. I'm just very, I'm just happy. It, it That's, that's <laughs> where, that's where, once again, I'm going into the show with high hopes, which I don't get with WWE. I'm going right. to probably watch TLC tonight. I, I, I'm like, yeah, it's going to, you know, whatever. I'll watch it, but uh, yeah. it is what it is. It's the difference between having something on the television that you're half paying attention to and having something that you're heavily invested in. All right, well, let's go on to our uh, our third and final question when it comes to our news and notes around the ring. Shawnee, for three points, Tokyo Sports recently announced their 2020 Pro Wrestling Awards. Who was named Tokyo Sports MVP? I did not hear anything about this, and I do not know. I don't know if Tokyo Sports is covering wrestling around the uh, fuck it, I don't know man um Kenny Omega Ooh Kenny Omega is a, a great choice but not the quite the answer I've got here How about you Justin do you have an answer uh Tokyo Sports naming the pro wrestling MVP of 2020 Like Shawnee, I didn't hear anything about this but I don't know John Moxley seems to be winning everything lately so what about Mox No uh, what they had here is Tatsuya Naito as uh, their Tokyo Sports MVP, which makes me think that maybe they're looking strictly at New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, Tokyo Sports covers primarily just wrestling in Japan. Um, I threw that on there just for kicks and giggles. because Once again, it was kind of a weird wrestling news week, so I, I, I was kind of hey, scraping the softballs. It, it's true. So, yeah, which is why it was three points. Uh, but uh, I think yep. Naito. So Erica, is, yes, dear. Naito is not one of my favorites in the New Japan. How do you feel about him? I know I mean, he's been. For people who don't know, he's been in the uh, main event picture for probably what five or six years, if you include that sort of early, like kind of getting there and kind of getting whack a mold back down. Right. Yeah. What are my thoughts on Tetsuya Naito? Um, I feel like it's, you know, it's a gimmick that you either love or you're just like meh about. He is a guy that is just very aloof and that's just kind of his shtick. I love the fact that similar to how Roman Reigns was, you know, they really pushed him at the beginning as this super baby face and no one bought into it. Nobody wanted to see that. He went away. He went to, uh, I don't know if it was AAA. It, it was a Mexican excursion, which is, is yeah. not uncommon with uh, Japanese wrestlers. It's sort of a tradition. Yeah, it is. And I, I just can't recall what promotion they have a partnership with uh, New Japan. But it is, you know, he joined up with Los Gobernables down there. And then he brought the faction to New Japan, which dubbed it Los Gobernables de Japón. 
and oddly enough, Lij has now eclipsed the popularity of Los Gobernables. So it's just it's a weird thing. I I personally love him because he just he's just a guy like like he just doesn't give a fuck, and I appreciate that in a human especially a human uh who's a wrestler and a just a weird character he's got a i don't know he's just got a weird look and a weird move set and he's just there's no one else quite like him and i think that's what's always been very intriguing to me if you provide something that i can't get anywhere else i'm going to gravitate to you all right well that will uh that will wrap up our third and final round before we get into the final fall erica where do the points stand we got just the ten and a half points. Uh, Shawnee has six uh, still, and anyone's game. Absolutely climbing right up there. Uh, this week we're going to do something a little bit different for our final fall because uh, this Wednesday the WWE is reviving the Slammy Awards because there's not enough going on on Wednesday nights. So uh, with a long history dating back to 1986, let's look back at ten former Slammy Award winners. Now for one point each. I will give both uh, Shawnee and Justin the Slammy Award from what year it's from and the five guys who are up for it. I want you guys to take turns going first. So we'll start with Shawnee and then Justin. And then on the next one, Justin will answer first and then Shawnee. Uh, you guys give me your answer and a correct answer is worth one point. Are you both ready? Sure. I don't understand the word you just said, but I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I... I'm just going to see how this goes. Back in 1986, the Slammy Awards were conceived to commemorate the release of the wrestling album. Uh, a year later, they had the Pile Driver album, which uh, meant that they got to do a couple of musical numbers, including Vince McMahon singing Stand Back. Uh, and at that particular award show, they gave away the Jesse the Body Award. Now, the guys up for this and girl were Sherry Martell. Hercules, the ultimate warrior, Butch Reed, and Rick Rude. Sean, who won the Jesse Abadi Award that year? I have to believe that that was created simply to put Ultimate Warrior over. Okay. Justin, what do you say? I'm going to go Rick Rude. Rick Rude is the correct answer. So, Justin, you get a point for that one. I'm shocked that that's what it was because Rick Rude is the correct answer. <laughs> it is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that same year... They gave an award for best performance by an animal. The uh, the people or the animals up for this were Matilda the Bulldog, Damien, Jake's uh, python, Frankie, Coco Beware's uh, parrot, and George the Animal Steel. Justin, who won best performance by an animal in 1987? I'm going to go George the Animal Steel. Uh, what about you, Sean? I think George's best years are behind him. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bulldog, Chuck. Yeah, no, unfortunately, it was George the Animal Steel. So that's another another point for you, Justin. Let's move forward to 1994. Now, this one doesn't quite have a multiple choice answer, but um, in 1994, a tag team won both the best worst and best tag team Slammy Award. In 1994, who do you think that tag team was? I'm going to guess the Bushwhackers. The Bushwhackers? All right. Very, very fair. What about you, Justin? The Bushwhackers were actually where I was going to go. Um, I feel like it's the Bushwhackers, but I'm just going to throw the freaking uh, Road Warriors out there just to be different. Oh, wait, wait. Let's hold on one second here. One, one second here. I'll give you the Bushwhackers, and I will take, uh, is it the Natural Disasters? 
<laughs> was it earthquake and uh, what was tugboat? I think he turned into typhoon. Yeah, I don't know. I just know he became yeah, tugboat, yeah, yeah. which is yeah ridiculous. <laughs> uh, both of those answers are not right. The correct answer is actually uh, Diesel and Shawn Michaels got both a best best and worst tag team. Slammy then. Yeah, That's I would never have that. As shit. <laughs> Let's move one year later into 1996. There was a Slammy given away for the, uh, give me a second. I just had it in front of me. The crime of the century. Oh, the, Vince uh, McMahon covering up the murder of. <laughs> oh, wait. No, well, I guess they no, wouldn't have given an award they, for that. They, that, was, that was not a nomination. Uh, the nominees were <laughs> Psycho Sid attacking Shawn Michaels. Owen Hart taking credit for Shawn Michaels collapse. Diesel repeatedly jackknifing Bret Hart after losing the WWF Heavyweight Championship, Vader's assault on Gorilla Monsoon, and the one, two, three kids fast count against Razor Ramon. Justin, what was the crime of the century? <laughs> oh, Vader. Big Van Vader. Chuck, the answer is oh Big Van Vader. <laughs> Justin, Justin, you've got first crack at this one, honestly, but I think we already know where Sean is going with this Can one. Can you give me the answer to choices again i'm sorry the choices were psycho sit attacking sean michaels owen hart taking credit for sean michaels collapse diesel repeatedly jackknifing bret hart after losing the championship to him one two three kids fast counting against razor ramon and vader assaulting wwf president at the time gorilla monsoon incidentally for comedy the answer there was vince mcmahon covering up the murder of Very jimmy snooker's girlfriend it, it, yeah right right it's probably vader but i'll go with uh i'm gonna go with uh i'll go with cycle said no it's big van vader beating up gorilla monsoon of course it is <laughs> one point to uh one point to shawnee for that one all right we're about halfway through here it's not the tranquilo eye it's the vader eye <laughs> oh no <laughs> Oh, it's a good thing you guys don't, you can't see the video of this. Ew. That's all I have to say is ew. Ew. <laughs> Punched it out of his head, Chuck. All right. 1997, the Slammy for Best Couple went to one of these couples. Was it China and Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Bill and Hillary Clinton, Mark Merrow and Sable, Siegfried and Roy, or Goldust and Marlena? Shawnee. Um, I'm going to go with China and Triple H. Okay. What about you, Justin? I'm going to go Goldust and Marlena. That's the correct answer. It was Goldust and Marlena that year. They were a handsome couple. That's true. Very true. Well, the Slammys didn't happen for almost for a little over a decade until 2008 after that. And in 2008, they gave away a Slammy for the breakout star of the year. Here's some names that you either will not remember at all or will remember and go, where did they go? Uh, the nominees that year were Evan Bourne, Kofi Kingston, huh. Vladimir Kozlov, and Ted DiBiase Jr. Uh, Shawnee, I believe I've you get to, to pick the last two in a row. I think it's Justin's turn. Okay, sorry, Justin. Uh, who was the breakout star of the year in 2008? Oh, gosh. It's between two for me. I'm going to say Kofi Kingston. Kofi? All right. Uh, what about you, Shawnee? Uh, I'll say Ted DiBiase Jr. Unfortunately, neither one of you are correct. It was in 2008. They thought the breakout star of the year was Vladimir Kozlov. <laughs> and how did that work out? Huh? Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Going to 2009. We've got about, uh, what, three, four more of these here? Yeah, four more of these. Uh, 2009, 
The oh my moment of the year was one of the following. Santino Morella hitting Vicky Guerrero in the face with a pie. Shawn Michaels super kicking a little girl in the cafeteria. Chris Masters performing his dancing pecs routine for the Osbournes. Or Michael Cole throwing up on Y2J at SmackDown's 10th anniversary. It should be Michael Cole puking. Yeah. What about you, Justin? I'm going to say Santino Morella. Santino Morella. I think Santino Morella would be the correct answer, but it is, in fact, Michael Cole throwing up on Chris Jericho. Greatest of all time. Yeah. (laughs) Because vomit. All right. Let's move all the way to 2012. Now we're getting to something that's a little bit closer to to where we are. The year Justin was born. Yes. (laughs) Whoa. whoa, whoa. The following were nominated. (laughs) The following were nominated. For tweet of the year, CM Punk tweeted, I did it for Andy Kaufman. Cody Rhodes tweeted, I don't have an Instagram. I'm an adult. The Great Kali tweeted, Yes, this is the Great Kali. I'm ready to tweet with you. And Daniel Bryan tweeted, Goatface is a horrible insult. My face is practically perfect in every way. In fact, from now on, I demand to be called Beautiful Brian. Who had the tweet of the year that year? I'm going to say Great Kali. Great Kali. All right, Shawnee. Uh, I'm going to go with Daniel Bryan. I'm wearing the hat. It's festive. It's so, yes, yes, yes. It's the Daniel Bryan uh, tweet. So, uh, Shawnee pulling another point for that one. All right. We've got two more. Uh, where do the points stand right now, Erica? Well, at this point, um, Shawnee cannot catch up because we only have two left. Uh, okay. Justin has 13 and a half. Shawnee has nine points. Collusion. <laughs> All right, well, let's do the final two anyways, just for fun. In 2013, the What a Maneuver Award went to one of the following. Was it Cesaro for the Cesaro Swing, Daniel Bryan for his running knee strike, AJ Lee for her Black Widow submission finisher, or the big dog, Roman Reigns, with the spear? Uh, Sean, you can go ahead and go first. All right, I'm going to say the uh, Cesaro Swing. Yeah. What about you, Justin? I'll say uh, Daniel Bryan's running knee. Running knee? No, both of you are wrong. It's the big dog, Roman Reigns, with the spear. Because even with the slammies, we got to make Roman look strong. Oh, my God. All right. Our final slammy that we're revisiting tonight is from 2015, and it is for the best John Cena's U.S. Open Challenge. The nominees were uh, Raw from May 11th versus Neville, Raw from March 30th versus Dean Ambrose, Raw from July 6th versus Cesaro. Raw from May the 4th versus Sami Zayn. And Raw from October the 12th versus Dolph Ziggler. For one point, uh, starting with you, Justin, which of these matches won the best John Cena's U.S. Open Challenge Slammy? (laughs) I totally blacked out there. Sorry. Um... Couldn't see any of these, Chuck. (laughs) Cesaro? All right. What about you, Sean? Oh, I'm going to say Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. Cesaro is the correct answer, but uh, I'm, my heart is with you, Sean. Sami Zayn is, is what I would have Cesaro thought. Cesaro should be in the world title picture all the time. <laughs> yeah, constantly, nonstop. Like somebody, whoever rigged the Slammies that year understood it. It'd be nice if Vince McMahon understood it. <laughs> that's That's correct. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, if if I remember the points correctly, Justin, I believe you uh, you've taken this week's uh, one fall show. Congratulations! Merry Christmas! Great job, buddy. Here's sixty seconds on the clock, Sean, uh, Justin. Let people know uh, anything that we missed this week. Do you want to talk about? 
First of all, thanks, buddy. Merry Christmas, everybody. Enjoy your holidays. One thing I'll say from the Fiend-Randy Orton rivalry that I've, I've uh, come to conclusion with is nobody has benefited from no crowds uh, from this pandemic like Bray Wyatt. The stunts that they pulled with Randy Orton uh, when he was pinning Bray Wyatt and all of a sudden the lights come back on and it's the Fiend. And then this past week with the fire backstage, that stuff they probably couldn't pull off in front of a live crowd. And it's freaking awesome to see. And they can only pull it off because there's no one actually there. So I, I just, it's so great to see that. That's why I really hope TLC doesn't ruin this Fiend character or Bray Wyatt character if Inferno matches anything stupid. All right. Uh, Sean, anything you wanted to cover before we sign off this week? Yeah, I think that one thing that sort of show of show interest that's getting lost in the shuffle a little bit is that the AEW women's division is starting to take shape nicely right now. I think we're generally excited by the introduction of Abaddon, but Christina Deeb, um, of course, Thunder Rosa, who we are all fans of, um, and that doesn't even include the potentiality of crossovers with the Impact Knockouts. So hopefully we're going to start to see a, a congealing of that world, right? We don't really know what to expect from that world. And I think that having the dentist as the character that was at the top sort of hindered creating an identity for the women's division in a way because she's such a unique character. And I think we're going to start to see that come together now. Um, in some ways, I think that the baby coming along and taking Brandy Rhodes off the air is going to help because it's going to be a more organic development. And uh, just just let those women get out there and put on wrestling matches. You know, we don't need the spectacle right now. There's a, the, the talent is finally there. And uh, gosh darn it, I can't wait for Chris Statlander to return. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, Erica, was there anything you wanted to cover before we take off this week? Uh, yeah, just a, a quick note on uh, just the fact that, yeah, Brandy Rhodes is pregnant. Uh, you have Renee uh, Paquette pregnant. Becky Lynch just popped. Like, these are going to be some weird-ass kids, and I can't <laughs> wait to see what they turn out to be. And uh, that that's that's all I got. Because like, let, let's face it, carnies follow in the footsteps of other carnies. So these it should be weird, and I'm excited. This is going to be the first generation of wrestling babies that we're going to see every second of their life. So we're going to be able to follow whatever weird road they take right like in the past like you had kayfabe that protected the wrestlers but it deeply protected the families and um i have a feeling the parenting wasn't all that great along that chain so it's probably best (laughs) so it's going to be interesting to see where basically uh miz and uh maurice's kids right like they are they are essentially born unto social media uh because that's the business model that their families pursue um and so they obviously will be integrated into that. And it's going to be fucking weird. <laughs> Justin, where can people find you online? Uh, as long as my Wi Fi is working, uh, all over social media at JV underscore sports underscore talk and uh, JV sports. Uh, Erica, what about you? People could find me on Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. And Shawnee, where can people find you online? Find me uh, at. One Fall Show on Twitter at Shawnee.Constant on Instagram. You can find me on the Talk Horror Show where we are going to record the episode three years in the making, Chuck. <laughs> Gremlins 2 for Christmas. 
teamed up with uh, a little review of Mars Attacks, which we've already reviewed on the show. Well, this is fabulous. Uh, this is radio for not radio for one audience member. No, this is radio for me. Just you. I have been working this angle for four fucking years, and I am so excited to talk about Gremlins 2 for Christmas. All right, and you can find me with Shawnee over on the Talk Horror to Me podcast talking about Gremlins 2 and uh, and Mars Attacks. You can also find me on the Nerd Radio podcast talking about all things nerd and on WRIF 101.1 FM in Detroit, Mondays through Fridays from uh, 7 to midnight. Have yourself a fantastic holiday. Congratulations to Cody and Brandy Rhodes on the uh, conception of their new child, and we will meet you back here for another One Fall Show. Uh, so here's the titles. Please don't ruin the fiend. Uh, a holly jolly one fall show. Carney capitalist, buddy. Uh, USA Net- <laughs> USA Network doesn't want the sex; they want the violence. Uh, a little less neck beardy, and a Christmas miracle. Justin's looking forward to an impact pay per view. <laughs> there you go. So, Ooh, so, uh, so that's Enjoy what I have. Yeah. Well, I gotta. I gotta. Yeah, I got to whip that up, so I'm going to bounce, and you guys take care, and have a great holiday, and we'll talk soon. Make us ask. When she was describing Naito, and she was like, he's very aloof, he's he's very much his own thing, he's got a unique look, Yeah, he's got a unique moveset, I was thinking... That could be Jeffrey Dahmer, too. <laughs> I had forgotten that she had done that description. I wanted to end the show with until we get Naito versus Cameron Grimes, because that's what I was thinking when she was doing it, when she was describing it. I was like, oh, you know what that sounds like? Sounds like Cameron Grimes. The way he is hammered in the inflection of his name is his entire character. Like, there's nothing else about Cameron Grimes that is really that funny. It's totally a uh, lilt that... Uh... That if you listen to old uh, timey Ric Flair, yep. he does. He lilts. Yeah. Like Enjoy TLC, Justin. I know me and Shawnee are uh, we're double booked, so we're probably about 10 or 15 minutes away from our next podcast. Oh, shit. Well, you guys kick ass as you always do, and I'll talk to you guys, all right? Yeah, have a great Christmas. Have a great one, man. Ha- Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas. Poor Al. I miss those fuckers. I mean, I I have literally been in the office twice since everything shut down in March. And both times were to retrieve packages that I accidentally had sent to the office. Sure. So, like, I, I picked up, I, I ordered some baby clothes for a baby. One for of my friends. That you inevitably will have? I mean, I don't... I don't know if I'd be into dressing up the dog. I don't know if I'm going to be one of those pet parents that like, here's my dog. He's wearing a tie. (laughs) I'll tell you this. Every time one comes into the clinic, we're all like, look at him. He's wearing a tie. A hundred percent of us. I know. Well, it's, it's just, I don't, cause one that's it's, it requires a lot of effort because then it's like, if you buy one tie, you're gonna have to buy more of them to, you know, 
keep it like <laughs> right, right. It becomes fancy. a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, and then the dogs would have a better wardrobe than me, and and I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't decided yet, but. I was dangerously close to stealing the sweater wearing dog I ran into the other day. I'm like, like I think that th- there oh. is an element of comfort that some dogs get from the coat or sweater. Um, and they look adorable in little jackets with wool lining. Yeah. Just ph- phenomenal. Uh, so there, 